I was praying to the Lord, and, and, and all, actually all week I've been asking the Lord, what is, what, what's the message for this, this Sunday morning? And I just kept thinking, like, what, what's on your mind? Like, what's on your mind, God? It's a good question. What's on your mind? So this morning, that's going to be the question. And uh, I'm going to do my best to just kind of, we're going to talk about this a little bit, and we're going to see where we go. But So the question is, what's on his mind? Okay. Um, in the time we find ourselves right now, it's very important to be in communication and relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because, see, the very first thing that the enemy does is he attacks our mind. That's the very first thing he does. He attacks our mind. He wants to, he wants to get us discombobulated. He wants to get us off track. And so we can, you know, he's attacking our mind. And, you know, we, we, we know the scriptures, and we know them really well, and most of us in here can probably just quote it like verbatim, right? That we battle not against flesh and blood. Right? We battle not against flesh and blood. So in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says this. For those who are going to take some notes, we're going to start Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we are not, and this is the NLT, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world and against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So those, remember, we talked about the the heavenly realms, the second heavens, the third heavens. And it talks about, and we see that clear when it says the heavenly places. So I want to read this part again. It says, against powers and dark, the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You see, the dark world may be around us. Everywhere we, listen, everywhere we go, Everywhere we go, there's gonna there's darkness. We it's around. It's it it, it, it. it talks about the, in the realms, the second realm that you know that's the soulish realm. But as sons and daughters of the King, the we're called to be the light. Woo! That's right. We're called to be the light. Yeah. We're called to be the light. And what the light does, it expels the darkness. It expels all darkness. You know, for those who know me, on a more personal level, I love motorcycles. And I have a motorcycle ministry that I started when I was in Texas, and we call it the Kingdom Builders. And what we did when we were in Texas, and we haven't been able to really do that much here in Ohio, but we did it in Texas and we did it in Alabama, is we would go and we would connect with with, with uh, uh, motorcycle clubs. I'm talking the baddest of the bad. Banditos for the Texas people, the Outlaws Club, the Devil's Disciples. Um, and, and, and what we would do is we would go and we would connect with these people, and what happens is we become a light in a dark place. That's what you do. Come 
And I remember there was one time that I don't know how this happened. Oh, I was, uh, I was in Alabama, and I went to go get my patches sewn on my vest. And, and on my patches, it says, you know, Kingdom Builders on the top rocker, and then it's got the um, Revival Riders on the bottom. And right here on the, fir- on the side, I got 1 Corinthians 4.20, you know. And, uh, and then we have a patch that whenever you get to raise the dead, see, I'm all about, like, the kingdom of heaven. And so we get patches out for those things that you get accomplished. See, in the, in the outlaw world, you get a patch. You know, when, when, when you take a life, you get a patch. So you get patches for different things that you do. So in, in, in our ministry, you get a patch when you raise the dead. So I had a dead razor patch. So I got the dead razor patch, and I remember I'm going into this place, and I'm getting my patches sewn on, and right next to me is a guy. And what they do is they want to check you. They want to know who you are. Why are you wearing those colors? Because if you haven't been blessed is what they call it. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. But if you haven't been blessed by the chapter, what happens is then you fall and you can, be, you can get hurt. So you got to go to the chapter. They got to approve your colors, and it can all. It's a, it's, a, it's a bunch of mess. So I, I'm, I'm in Alabama. We're new, so we hadn't been blessed by those people. And it just so happens that I'm wearing the colors black and white, which are the colors of the outlaws, which are the colors of the hell's angels. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay, well, Holy Ghost. And he's, uh, there's this guy there, and he's like, well. What's going on? What is, all, what, what is this all about, man? And I look at him and I say, man, it's a motorcycle ministry, man. What we get to do is we get to go around and we get to tell people about Jesus. And we go and we, we get to pray for people. And, and then, and then I'm, he, he's staring at me. And it, he, he's the chapter president of the devil's disciples. One of the most notorious ones in that area. And I had no idea at that time. So then I began to prophesy a word over now. I'm got, I mean, he's there waiting for the, my patches. He's getting some new patches on his vest. And I began to prophesy a word. I said, let me tell you something, man. When you were a young boy, you were called to be a preacher. I said, and you ran from the calling. Your father was a preacher. But you got hurt in church. And then you ran. And this guy freaks out. He's like, how on the mother of boop, 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 did you know this? Listen, they, they have no filter. They just, whatever pops in the mouth. That's why as Christians, you can't be offended. Not everybody speaks kingdom. Right? Come on. How can you be... So I'm sitting there and I prophesy a word to this guy and, and all of a sudden I said, you know what, man? Here's my card. So I right, thank you. Not worried about it. I don't know nothing about it. Come to find out about a week later, this guy calls me back. And he says, man, I don't know what happened, but can I meet with you? I said, yeah, man, come on down. And I gave him an address to my house. In Alabama, he comes to our house, 
He meets my wife. He brings his old lady. That's what they call them, old ladies. Brings his old lady. Don't get mad at me, Facebook people. But, but he, that's what they call him, the old lady. And uh, she has no filter. No filter. She's got helmet. Her helmet's got all kinds of stuff on it. And, and uh, Alice, she meets Alice. And that was a little bit different for Alice. You know, because she's not used to that element of the bikers and stuff. Hey, it was kind of new to us. Anyways, he comes and uh, gives his life to the Lord. He comes and now he begins to to meet my sons. And my son's there. And, and then his wife, the girl, she she starts to like ask things about the Lord. And then Alice is menacing to her in the back room. And she's starting to receive things. This guy is getting impacted by the Lord. And then he goes into full-blown, like, manifested deliverance in my garage. And he's crying and snotting all over the place. you got to be a light in a dark place. My son will tell you. My, 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 my boys will tell you. We'll go. We'll get on the bikes. We went one day. We were driving. We'll go down to Napoleon. A guy comes out and says, hey, man, I like your bike. Man, I like your bike, too. Simple. Grab his hand. I said, man, I'm going to prophesy a word over this man in the parking lot of Harley Davidson. I said, boom, 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 giving this word. And I said, man, can I pray for you? Yeah, please do. And they're right there in the parking lot of Harley Davidson. We're, we're having church. Having church. That's what it looks like to be a light in a dark place. First Thessalonians 5 5 says this. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We do not belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard. Not asleep like others. Wow. Be on your guard. Not asleep like others. What does that mean? Jesus. See, the enemy wants to catch us when we're sleeping. It says, stay alert. And then it says, be clear-headed. What's on his mind? What's on his mind? And he says, stay alert and be be clear-headed. You see, we don't belong to darkness. Our thoughts should always, listen, always, always, always meditate on what? Things above. Colossians 3.2 says this. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. In the NIV, it says this. Set your mind on things above. If your mind is set on things above, the things below won't matter. It really won't. It's really easy to allow ourselves to fall into that trap. Oh, man, come on. It's real easy. Real easy. Because, see, the battlefield is in our mind. 
and our mind and our thoughts will betray us. They'll betray us. What are some of the ways that our thoughts will betray us? Here are some. Our thoughts will tell us false things about ourselves. Our thoughts will disqualify us at times. Our thoughts will make us offended. Come on, how many of you guys have ever been offended? Me, double-handed, I'm all in on that. I've been offended. And most of the time, I, get, I, I, I can think about the times that I've been offended. I've been offended about things that nobody told me. It was my thought. Well, maybe the person did this, and maybe the person said that. And you know what? I bet you right now they're doing this. And, I bet, and nothing's even going on. But my mind has betrayed me. It's betrayed me. It's, ah. Our thoughts will offend us. Our thoughts will tell you, give up. Our thoughts will say, it'll, it'll say, it'll, it'll try to bring condemnation upon us. It will. Come on. This is why constant relationship with the Holy Spirit is needed. There are many believers out there that profess and play the part outwardly. But within themselves, they have lost all hope. Come on, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I've been there. You know, I, I've, I've done the church thing where I've gone to church and I, hey, brother, hey, sister, how are you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, praise God. And the second I get in the car, I'm like, oh. Man, I'm so sick of this. Come on, am I the only one? Am I, am I, uh, I'm just the only one being honest, right? <laughs> Maybe. But it's true. It's true. We profess and we've got it all together hourly and hourly. Like, man, sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, man, they're so spiritual. They're so godly. You see, man, they must, like, live in the third heavens. They probably just, they're right there floating on the clouds next to the angels. <laughs> Little do you know that when they get home, they're sobbing and crying in their pillow because they feel so hopeless. This is why the enemy uses our minds in this, as a battlefield. But when we live in the Colossians 3.2, which is when we set our minds on things above, Nothing can be found in us. Nothing can be found in us. I used to love the way uh, Bob Jones would say this. He says, you know, we have to learn how to stay above the snake line. And what I would, because see, the higher you are, they can't grab you. So I ask you this question. What's on his mind? What's on his mind? You know, um, when I was writing some stuff this morning, I was asking the Lord, what's on your mind? And he reminded me of the story when Jesus was at his weakest. 
It's when he was, he was, uh, he was being, he was going to be tempted for 40 days. You remember he was going to go to the mountain and he was going to go and praying for 40 days. And I don't know about you, but have you ever fasted for 40 days? I've never fasted for 40 days. But I do know I have fasted for a week or two. But <laughs> I'm not going to do this. But so, but I've known people that have fasted two days. And by the second day, they're dying. Like, oh, I got a headache. Oh, I just want to eat. Give me some coffee. All the intercessors are laughing, right? <laughs> so, he, Jesus is about to, I mean, he's, he's on his fast of 40 days. And by this time, he's hungry. He's so hungry. He's tired. And weak. He's weak. And as you remember, so let, let's turn to uh, Matthew 4. We're going to start on verse 1. And uh, I'm reading out of the NLT on, on, on this right here, so it may be a little bit different than what you have. But it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted, and he became very hungry. He became very hungry. So let's stop there real quick. I thought it was interesting when you, read, when you read this. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead us into the very thing that wants to devour us. He'll lead us into that thing that we know once, because see, the Spirit of the Lord knew that the, that the devil was going to tempt him. It'll lead us into that place. But it's not to hurt us, but it's to give us an opportunity to be tested and to be victorious. That's what it is to be tested and to be victorious. And then it goes on to say, during that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, and I love the way it says it. It says, the very first thing, because it's got an exclamation mark on this. It says, no. It didn't say no. Jesus didn't say, stop it, No. got an exclamation mark on my on my on this translation it says no the scripture says people do not and the exclamation mark so you got to say there's an authority that jesus said when he said people do not live by bread alone oh there was power when he said that 
people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. <laughs> Come on. Shake it about. Oh. And I feel the glory. And then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you were the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says, He will order His angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Then Jesus responded, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord, your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory and their glory. And the devil says, I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. And Jesus Get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him. For the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and they took care of Jesus. You see, Jesus had his mind set on things above. He had his mind set on things above. And every time the enemy came, With the temptation, Jesus responded. He responded, it is written. Every time the devil came to to bring the attack, the, the Lord responded with the word. He responded with truth. He knew that he was about the Father's business. And his mind and his heart were set on things above. So here are some simple keys to manifesting the mind of Christ in our lives. Y'all ready? Come on. Come on. <laughs> ah. Chaka bam. Holy Ghost. Okay. Here we go. Key number one. Key all epic. Dun, dun, dun. Key number one. It's Romans 12.2. That's a really good key. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewing of the mind is an ongoing process. And every day we need to take time to study the word so we can purposely I'm sorry, so we can purposely according to what it says. Meaning If you're in your word and you're meditating on the word, you're elevating and all you do is focus and meditate on the things of God. So when those starts come and those things come and attack you, you're up here. I'm going to tell you what, there may be a time that I haven't been in my word. And when I'm not in my word, boy, I feel it. Man, I feel sluggish. I might have had a bad week. I'm very easy to get angered. Just being honest, transparent. It's truth. Key number two. 
Key number two is, is Ephesians 6, starting on verse 11. That we put on God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Verse 13 says, Therefore, put on every piece. You know, have you ever seen these guys in the NFL? Man, they're six foot four. 280 pounds of just solid muscle. I mean, these guys are like, oh, just stacked. And have you seen when they hit? Well, they'll kill like a, like a like a Mack truck. They'll kill somebody. I will not go into that football field without a helmet. I will not dare step in that field with no shoulder pads. Do you get what I'm going? It says, therefore, put on every piece of your armor. Because you're going into warfare. There's spiritual warfare that's going on. And if you're not prepared, you're going to get hurt. And guess what? It'll be your fault. It'll be my fault. It'll be our fault. Put on every piece of the armor. So you will be able to resist in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Yeah. There you go. You lose your helmet, you got to come out for a play. But can you imagine getting hit on the field without your helmet? Just boom. That's why it says here that if you do this in battle, after the battle's over, you'll still be standing firm. Come on, man. Verse 14 says, stand your ground. Uh, Too many of us are running. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Come on. Man, are you guys getting this? The shoes put on the peace that comes from God, from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. The shoes of peace that comes from the good news. Mm. 16. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword. Ah, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then number 18, and I love 18. Pray in the spirit at all times. Uh, I don't care where you are. I, I, listen, I'll do it. I'm in Walmart. Um. And everywhere I go, it's an open heaven. 
Everywhere we go, there's an open heaven. Come on, listen. Man. Jesus, right now, Lord, thank you, Father. It says, take on, oh, I'm sorry, pray in the spirit of all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. It's be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Key number three. Get out of your mind and get into his heart. This means everything that is in the Father's heart for you and I should be in our mind and in our hearts. Before we can know his heart, we need to know his nature and his thoughts towards us. I, I often say this here, is that depending on the, view, on, the, on the lenses that we view from, it'll determine the language that we use. You know, if, if I have a, a perception and a view of my lenses are from a place of an angry God, then my vocal and my language will be about an angry God. Well, that's what happened. Well, that's what you get because you didn't do this. Well, you should have prayed more. Oh, well, I lost money. Well, it's because you didn't give your tithes last week. It's a lie. But see, those are lenses. Those are the lenses that we view from. If our lenses are, are all law, 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 usually we'll find ourselves um, speaking judgment or works. And I know, listen, before I, I can, I, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not abolish it, and I understand that. And that's not where I'm going with this. That's a whole other thing. <clears throat> but when Jesus came on the scene, he shifted things. Things got shifted. Romans 10.4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He came to finish the old covenant, but to establish the new. To establish the new. But he honors the old. So, that, I mean, we, we, it's not abolished, okay? Paul writes this in Galatians. He puts, uh, Galatians 3, he says, Now before faith came, we, held, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned unto coming, that coming faith. We would be revealed. 24 so then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Verse 25 says, but now faith has come and we are no longer under 
as under a guardian. You see, the Father's heart for us is this. Jeremiah 29, 11. And we know these scriptures. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and hope. Come on. Psalms 139. Um, 139 says this. I'm going to start in verse 16. I'm going to be finishing up here in just a minute. I'm almost done, guys. Holy Ghost. Your eyes saw my substance being, um, being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. I'm sorry, I'm reading that all wrong. Let me read this right. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet they were none, there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O oh God, how great is the sum of them. See, this is the Father's heart for us. In Matthew 10. If I can get Peter to come on up here. Matthew 10, verse 29, says this. And are, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear... Therefore, you are more value, more value than many sparrows. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom foreknew he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So, the question again this morning that I'm asking is, what's on his mind? The answer is you. The answer is you and I. From the very beginning, God desired to fellowship with us. We see in the garden, God calls for Adam and he calls for Eve. And, and it's not clear how he, he, how he appeared to them. But it says that he came in a form of humanity so that they would be able to understand. But he, we know that God is spirit. So we don't have a clear picture. If, if he, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. So, But he walked in the cool of the day. God walked in the cool of the day. 
So from the, the very beginning, he desired to fellowship with you and I. We even see with Enoch where he was found pleasing to God. According to Genesis 5, verse 23, it says that Enoch's lifespan was 365 years. Throughout those years, he walked in faith. No matter what happened, he trusted God. He obeyed God. And God loved Enoch so much that he spared him death. You know, (laughs) you were always on his mind. Me as a father. You see, that's why it's important that we understand the nature of God. God's, his nature and his character. Because me as a father... I have my two boys, regardless of how old they are. There's not a day that passes that they're not on my mind. From the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. I may not even see them all day. But in my heart and in my mind, I'm wondering, how's my son doing today? Man, I hope he has a good day. So, as a father, my sons are always on my mind. As a father, as Papa God, we are always on his mind. Everything he does, he does for you and I. Everything he does, he does for you and I. Even the correction. We need it. Romans 5, verse 6 through 10. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for a good man, someone will dare to even die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Much more went then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God Through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So why did Christ die for us? Because God loves us. You see, since the beginning, like I said before, 
we were on his mind. The very, man, we got to get, from the very beginning, we were on his mind. John 10, 17 and 18 says this. Oh, Lord. We read where Christ chose to die for our sins. And the Father sent him, but he voluntarily wanted to die to save us. He was God, the Son, who wanted to die for us. Jesus wanted to do it. Jesus went to the cross voluntarily. I know there's people that say that God, remember we talk about lenses and that God was, he was, no, I'm not going to get that. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up. This is the commandment I received from my Father. Come on. We were on the mind, His mind, that day of Calvary. We were on His mind that day that, that He was taking the afflictions. What's on his mind? Us. <laughs> Romans, uh, Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith we have the peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we are confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We know that they help us to endure and they help us to, it, it helps us to endure. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It helps us to to develop and to endure. The testing helps us to develop. You, you, You lift weights to tear the muscle, but to be repaired, right? Okay, here's my last closing. I'm sorry. So I'm going to close. Sorry, Peter. If the very thing that is on his mind is you and I, This means that the very thing that should be in our minds and our heart Jesus Jesus demonstrated his nature for humanity by laying himself down for humanity so self-evaluation no hands how many of us this morning can think of a person who hurt you and offended you? Hmm. 
Could you lay yourself down for them? I know I know for myself wholeheartedly 100 and 200% I can answer the question and say I will lay my life down for my wife for my children without a doubt this is my prayer and I'm going to be transparent okay because my prayer has been like Lord Teach me how to love. Teach me to see how you see God. And it's been it's been a process for me. Listen, I've in, I've I've endured some things, and and I praise God that He's 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 man He's He's changed me in a lot of ways, and I'm still working process. Okay, I am. I haven't. <laughs> But the heart and the mind of the Father is that we would lay down ourselves for those around us. What's on his mind? You and I. But also the person that offended you. Also the person that hurt you and I. They're on his mind too. Let's stand this morning. My prayer this this morning for those that are watching and, and everybody here. Father, that even now, Lord, you would renew our minds. That you would give us your mind, your heart, Father. Father, let us see how you see. Let us speak how you speak, God. And let us love how you love, God. And Lord, right now, Lord, even myself, Lord, right now, as I stand, God, I repent, Lord. I repent, God, for areas of my life where I haven't shown love where I should have shown love or where I didn't lay myself down for those Lord, I repent, Lord, right now. Jesus. Lord, this morning, God, we agree with what your heart says, God. That we can love how you loved, how you love. We pray for those that have been against us. We pray for those who have hurt us. We pray for this nation, God. We pray for our loved ones, God. We pray, Lord, that even now, Father, that there would be an awakening, Jesus. 
an awakening. And even as we come out of this, this, this crisis, this pandemic, God, that as we come out, God, that we come out renewed, God, we come out changed, God, that we don't come out the same way, God, but that we come out renewed and refreshed, God. Jesus said it won't be the same, God. We won't come just to, to do church, Lord, but it will be the church. In every way, God, every aspect, God, every corner, Lord, every corner, God, man, Lord, give us strength. Teach us how to love, Lord, more like you. And burn everything out of us, God. That's not of you, God. Jesus. Father, we love you. That's right. Burn in us, Lord.